You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Toll House by W. W. Jacobs. It's all nonsense, said Jack Barnes. Of course people died in the house. People die in every house. As for the noises, wind and chimney and the rats in the worst raincoat. Very convincing to a nervous man. Give me another cup of tea, Miguel. McEagle. Lester White for first, said McEagle. Who residing at the tea table for three feathers in. You had two. Lester White finished their cups, irritating slowness, pausing between sips to sniff the aroma, discovered sex and dates, arrival of the strangers, which floated in some numbers in the beverage. Mr. McEagle stirred them to the brim, then turning to the grimly expectant Mr. Barnes, blatantly requested him to ring for hot water. You try and keep your nerves. In their present healthy condition, he remarked, for why part as sort of half and half belief in the supernatural. All sensible people have, said Lester, and other minds saw a ghost once. White nodded. I had an uncle that saw one, he said. Always is somebody else that sees them, said Barnes. Well, there is a house, said Meagle, a large house of absurdly low rent, and nobody would take it. They take a toll, at least one family of life, and one every family that has lived there, ever short the time since it stood empty. Caretaker of the caretaker died there. Last caretaker died fifteen years ago. Exactly, said Barnes. Long enough ago for legends to accumulate. I bet you're sovereign you wouldn't spend the night there alone. For all your talk, said White suddenly. And I, said Lester. No, said Barnes suddenly. I don't believe in ghosts, nor in any supernatural things. Whether, all the same, I admit, I shall not part, care to pass a night here alone. But why not? inquired White. Wind in the chimney, said Meagle, with a grin. Rats in the wainscoat, chimed in Lester. As you like, said Barnes, coloring. Suppose we all go, said Meagle. Start after supper, get there off there about eleven. We've been walking for ten days now, vent a venture. Set by discovery that dishwater smells the longest. Be a novelty at any rate. We break the spell of all, all surviving. Very vulnerable to be, come down handsomely. Let's see what the landlord has to say about it first, said Lester. No fun in passing a night in an ordinary empty house. Let us make sure that it is haunted. He rang the bell and sending for the landlord appealed to him. Name of our common humanity. Not to let him 
their waist and night watching in a house in which spectres and hobgoblins are no part. Pie is more than reassuring. And looks after, after describing the considerable art, the exact appearance of the head which had been hanging out of window, the moonlight round up the plight by urgent request. He would set, would settle the beer bill before they went. It is all very well for you, young gentlemen, have finally said indignantly, indignantly. But supposing as that how wolf found dead a morning, what about me? Isn't it called a, isn't called a toll house for nothing, you know? Who died there last? cried Barnes, air polite diversion. A tramp, said the boy. He went there for the sake of half a crown. They found him next morning, hanging from the bladder as dead. Suicide, said Barnes, and sound mind. The landlord nodded. That's what the jury brought in. He said slowly, his mind was sound enough. He went in there. I'd known him off and on for years. I'm a poor man. I wouldn't spend the night in that house for a hundred pounds. Pity to mark as they started on their expedition a few hours later. They left as the inn was closing on the night. Bolts shut noisily behind them. The regular customers trundled slowly homewards. They set off at a brisk break pace, direction of the house. Most of the cottages were already in darkness and lights. Others went out as they passed. See, it was rather hard. We have not got to lose a night's rest in order to commit bars. Evidence of ghosts, said one. Is in a good course, said Medieval. A worse worthy object. And somebody seems to call, tell something seems to tell me we should succeed. Didn't forget the candles, Nesta. I brought two was applying, all the old man could spare. But there was but little moon, night was cloudy. A row between high hedges was dark. One place where it ran through the wood, so black that they twice trembled, and even ground at the sight of it. Fancy leaving uncomfortable beds for this, said White again. Let me see. It's a diable residence, subtura, cure, lies in the right, does it? Further on, says Malgagan. They walked on for some time in silence, broken only by White's tribute, the softness of cleanliness, the comfort of the bed, which was receding further and further into distance. And eagle guidance they turned, alas, on the right, and after walk with a quarter of a mile, saw the gates of the house before them. Lodges ominous hidden by overgrown shrubs, dry with choked rank growths. Eagle landing leading, they pushed through it till the dark pile of the house loomed above them. There is a window at the back where we should get where we can get in, the landlord says, said Lester. And they stood before the hall door. Window, said my eagle. Nonsense, let's go do the night thing properly. There's a knocker. He felt for the, in the darkness. Gave a thundering rat a tat a tat at the door. Don't play the fool, said Barnes crossly. Go see servants are all asleep, said my eagle gravely. I wake them up before I'm done with them. Scanners keeping us out here in the dark. He yelled a knocker again. Noise followed. Followed in the emptiness belonged. With a sudden explanation, he put out his hands and stumbled forward. Why, it was open all the time, said an old catch in his voice. Come on. I don't believe it was open, said Lister. Hanging back, somebody is playing a trick. a trick. Nonsense, said Meagle sharply. Give me a candle, thanks. Who's got a match? Barnes used a box and struck one. But Eagle shielded the candle in his hand, led the way forward to the foot of the stairs. 
Shut the door, somebody, he said. Too much draught. He shuts his white, glancing back behind him. Eagle fingered his chin. Who shun it? inquired, looking from one to the other. Who came in last? I did, sir, sir. But I don't remember shutting it. Perhaps I did, though. Beagle went back to speak. Thought better of it. Still carefully guarding the flame, began to explore the house. The others close behind. Shadows danced on the walls and lurked in the corners as they proceeded. At the end of the passage they found a second staircase. Ascending, it slowly gained the first floor. Careful, said Meagle, they gained the landing. He held the candle forward and showed them where the banisters broken away. They peered curiously to void beneath. It's where the tramp hanged himself, I suppose, he said, thoughtfully. You've got an unwholesome mind, said White. They walked on. This place is quite creepy enough, but you're remembering that. Now let's find a comfortable room, have a little nip of whiskey, a piece, a pipe. How will this do? How will this do? He opened the door at the end of the passage and revealed a small square room. Mirva led away with a candle, and first melting a drop or two of that tallow, struck it on the mantelpiece. The others seated themselves on the floor, like presently White drew his pocket, a small bottle of whiskey and a tin cup. I have got the water, he exclaimed. I'll get some, said Meagle. He crouched violently at the handle bell, bell handle, and rustily, dangling on the bell, standing from a distant kitchen, he rang again. Don't play the fool, said Barnum, roughly. Meagle laughed. They want to convince you, he said, no, kindly. It ought to be, at any rate, one ghost in the servant's hall. Barnes held up his hand in silence. Silence. Yes, Amigo, a grin to the other two. Is anyone coming? Suppose you drop this game and go back, said Barnes suddenly. Don't believe his spirits, but nerves are out. outside anyone's command. He laughs as you like. He like. You may laugh as you like. It really seemed to me I heard a door open. Steps on the stairs. Steps on the stairs. Your voice was drowned in a vow of laughter. He's coming round, said Meagle with a smirk. A time I've done with him, the firm believer. Oh, well, who will go and get some water? Are you Barnes? No, was the reply. If there may be not, there may, if there is, but any, it might not be safe to drink after all these years. Said Esther, we must do without it. Meagle nodded took a seat on the floor, held out his hand for the cup. Pipes were lit and cleaned. Wholesome smell of tobacco filled the room. White producer pack of cards, talk and laughter, rang for the room and died away reflectively in the distant corridors. Empty rooms only delude me. A belief that I possess a deep voice, said Mary Eagle. Tomorrow. He stood up with a smooth mother's explanation. The light went out. Suddenly, something struck him. On the head, the others sprang to their feet. When Eagle laughed, the candle exclaimed, I did not stick it enough. Barnes struck a match and relighting the candle, stuck it on the mantelpiece. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sitting down, took out his cards again. 
Or was I say, going to say to Meagle? I know, tomorrow I... Listen, said White, laying his hand on the other one's sleeve. By my word, I really thought I heard a laugh. Look here, said Barnes. What do you say to going back? Enough of this. I keep fancying I hear things too. Sounds of someone moving. About this passage outside. No, it's only fancy, but it's uncomfortable. If you go, if you want to, said Meagle. Meagle playing dummy, dummy. Or you can ask the tramp to take your hand, take your hand for you as you go upstairs. Barnes shivered and exclaimed, exclaimed angrily. Got up and walking to the half-closed door. Listen, go outside, said Meagle. Winked. Oh, too, I dare you to go down the hall door and back by yourself. Barnes came back and bending forward. He lit his pipe with a candle. I am nervous but rational, he said, blowing out a thin cloud of smoke. Nerves tell me there's something prowling up and down. A long passage outside. My reasons tell me it's all nonsense. Where's my cards? He sat down again, took in his hand with his hand, looked through it carefully and led. Your play? White, he said with pause. White made no sign. Why he's asleep, said Meagle. Wake up, old man, wake up and play. Lester was sitting next to him. After took the sleeping man by the arm and shook him. Jenny first and then with some roughness. The white moved back against the wall. His head bowed, made no sign. Meagle bowed his ear and then looked, turned a puzzled face to the others. He sleeps like the dead, he said grimacing. Well, there are still three of us keep each other company. Yes, said Lester, nodding unless. God help, good Lord, suppose. He broke off and eyed him trembling. Suppose what? inquired Meagle. Nothing stammered Lester. Let him wake up. Let's wake him up. Try him again. White, white. It's no good, said Meagle. Seriously, there's something wrong about that sleep. There's what I meant, said Lester. He does, if he goes to sleep like that, why shouldn't? Meagle sprang to his feet. Nonsense, he said roughly. He tied out. That's all. Still, let's take him up and clear her out. You take his legs and bars and lead away with candle. Yes, who's that? He ducked up towards the door. For I heard somebody tap. He said with a shame-faced laugh. Now let's up with you him. One, two, Lester, Lester. Bang forward too late. Lester with his face buried. His arms rolled over the floor, fast asleep. That most efforts failed to waken him. He's asleep, he stumbled asleep. Barnes turned the candle in the mantelpiece, stood peering on the sleepers inside some dropping tallow and floor. You must get out of this, said Meagle. Quick, Barnes hesitated. You can't leave him here. Again, you must, said Meagle in strident tones. If you go to sleep, I shall go. Quick, come. Seized the other by the arm and strove to drag him to the door. Barnes shook him off, putting the candle back on the mantelpiece, tried again to rouse the sleepers. It's no good, he said at last. Turning them from them, watch Meagle. Don't go to sleep. He said, actually, Meagle shook his head. And he stood for some time easily in silence. May as well shut the door, said Barnes at last. Cross over and gently, too gently, and a scuffling noise behind him. Then that scuffling noise behind him, he turned and saw Meagle, keeping the headstone. The sharp catch his breath, stood motionless. Inside the room, a candle flickering, a draught, showed dimly the grotesque attitudes. Of the sleepers. Beyond the door there was some scene. His overwrought imagination strange and stealthy unrest. He tried to whistle, his legs were part, lips were parched, in mechanical fashion he stooped. He began to pick up his cards, lid the floor. He stopped once or twice, 
stood with bent head listening and rest outside seemed to increase the loud creaking not sounded from the stairs who is there he cried loudly the creaking ceased he crossed his, to the door flinging it open strode out to the corridor he walked his walked his fears lifted suddenly come on he laughed cried with a low laugh all of you Oh, you show your faces with fennel ugly faces. Don't soak. Gulk. He laughed again and walked on in a heap of the fireplace. Put his head tortoise fashion. Put it out his head tortoise fashion and listened to Nora treat his footsteps. Not until the come in all the distance did the listeners. Features relax. Good Lord, Vistler, you've driven him mad, said the frightened Vistler. He must go off him. There was no reply, and Mingle sprang to his feet. You hear? He cried. Stop you falling now. You're serious, White. Lester, do you hear? He bent surveyed him in anger. But angry bewilderment. All right, he said with a trembling voice. Don't frighten me, you know. He turned away and walked with shredded carelessness, stretching the door. He went outside, peeped. For a little crack, the sleepers did not stir. He glanced at the blackness behind. Then came hastily into the room again. He stood for seconds regarding them. Stillness in the house was horrible. He could not hear them breathe. A sudden resolution. He snatched the candle from the mantelpiece, held the flame to White's finger, as he reeled back stupefied. Footsteps again, again became audible. He stood with a candle in his shaking hand, listening. He heard him ascending the further staircase. Ascending the further staircase. He stopped suddenly as he went to the door. He walked a little way along the passage, then went scurrying down the stairs, and a trot along the corridor below, went down to the main staircase, and they ceased again. For a time he hung over the balusters, listening and trying to pierce the darkness below, then slowly, step by step, he made his way downstairs, holding a candle above his head, peered about him. Barnes, he called. Where are you? Shaking his fright. He made his way along the passage, summoning all his courage, pushed open doors, glazed fearfully into empty rooms. Then quite suddenly he heard the footsteps in front of him. He slowly, followed slowly for fear, extinguishing the candle, till they led him at last into the vast spare kitchen, without walls of broken floor. In front of him a door into the inside room, which just closed, ran in towards it. Flung it open, cold air flew out blew out a candle. He said, Gus, bound, he cried again. Don't be afraid, it's me. I'm eagle. With arts, he stood gazing in the darkness. All the time, the idea of something close at hand, wretched, watching was upon him. And suddenly, his step broke out overhead again. He broke back hastily. Passing through the kitchen, he groped his way along the left narrow passages. Could uh, he could now see better in darkness. By himself at last, the foot of the staircase began to ascend it noiselessly. He reached the landing just in time to see a figure disappear by an angle wall. Still careful to make no noise, he followed the sound of steps till they led him to the top floor. He called it a trace the end of the passage. Barnes, he whispered, Barnes. Something stirred in the darkness. A small, snuggling window at the end of the passage just softened. And blackness revealed the dim outlines, motionless figure, Meagle. In a place of advancing, stood on the still with a sudden horrible doubt took possession of him. His eyes fixed on the shape. Frankly fell back slowly, 
He advanced upon him. He burst into a terrible cry. Barnes, for God's sake, is it you? The echoes his voice left the voice air quivering. The figure before him made no heed. The moment he tried to base his courage, after Julian's approach, but then a move of a cry, he turned and fled. Passage wound like a maze. He treaded in blind, blindly, in vain search for stairs. He could get down and open the full door. He caught his breath and a sob. The steps had begun again. And a lumbering trot, they clattered up and down the bare passages, and out and up and down as though. In search of him, he stood appalled. Then they drew near, entered the small room and stood behind the door. So he rushed by, he came out and ran swiftly, noisily in the other direction. And in a moment, the steps were welting. He found a long corridor and raced along at top speed. The stairs he knew were at the end. The steps came behind, descended him in blind haste. Steps gained on him. He strength to the side to let them pass. To continue his headlong flight. And suddenly he seemed to slip of the earth into space. This awoke in the morning, find himself find in sunshine, dreaming the room, a white sitting up, regarding with some perplexity a bad evilicious finger. Where are the others? he inquired Lester. Gone as good as gone, I suppose, said White. Must have been asleep. Lester arose and stretching from stifled limbs. Dusted the clothes in hands, went out to the corridor. White followed in the noise, approached a figure which had been lying asleep. The other end sat up, revealed the face of Barnes. Why, I've been asleep, he said in surprise. Don't remember coming here. How did I get there? Nice place to come, though, her nap, said Esther. Severely, she pointed to the gap of the balusters. Look there, another yard in that where you would have been. He walked scarcely the Curiously to the edge, looked over his response, sort of cry, the others drew near, and all three stood grazing at the dead man below.